Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. So why watch that TV talk? All right, listeners, we're back to our normal schedule. (laughs) We had to do a lot of catching up last week, as you heard. Plenty of content for you all out there. Uh, But this week, we're going to do our old, good old standby, and that's a TV talk Mm. of different series premieres as well as season premieres. We've got some good old, some goodies back. Um, but before we dive into that, we just also want to reiterate to you that it is the summer. <laughs> <laughs> and although most of you choose to be outside and enjoying the summer weather, we want to always let you know that summer TV is here. So you're going to notice a lighter funnier, a little more vapid (laughs) take on content that TV offers. But then, like I said, there's some good old dramas also awaiting for a series premieres Jet on Skinamax. Nope, I'm sorry, Cinemax. (laughs) It's in its first season, nine episodes. I don't know what it's about. Is it about Joan Jet? No. <laughs> so, uh, hey, it stars Carla Gugino. Oh, not Joan the, Jett. <laughs> That's definitely no. <laughs> but maybe similar styles. Who knows? Depends mm. when you're looking at it. Uh, and she plays Daisy Jet Kowalski. And Jet is uh, a, a thief. She's this, you know, just great international thief. No one's better. And she's just gotten out of prison, so obviously she wasn't that good. Okay. (laughs) Now, she's great, but no thief can escape everything at all times. Mm. So she's been out of of prison not too long. She's trying to live a normal life. She has a kid at home. She has a companion at home, let's say. What's that about? And, of course, she's dragged back in to a life of crime by a character called Charlie Baudelaire. And he's played by Giancarlo Esposito. Ooh, he, I'm watching him right now on Breaking Bad. Yes, I'm just getting into it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, <laughs> he's like this kind of, you know, crime boss kind of dude. Oh, he's doing that. Yeah, it's Giancarlo. So this guy's sophisticated. And he has a son, a grown son who helps him out. And so, of course, he wants Jet to steal a certain thing from a certain wealthy dude in Cuba. Mm. But she says, in order to do this, I need my right-hand man beside me. Now, the right-hand man is currently in prison. So Giancarlo goes, okay, you know what? I might be able to work that out because you're the only one who can do this because they have to go in and steal this thing without the wealthy man knowing it. Okay, so they go through all of this stuff, and can you guess what happens? Oh, dear. 
But I'll tell you at the end, by the end of the episode, the first one, who is Jet working for? Mm. Mm. So here's the thing about Jet. Um, as far as the pilot is concerned, it's a pilot. So you have to give it some leeway. Uh, and with that in mind, I enjoyed it. Oh, I like what you say. Yes, I enjoyed it. It, Could they have edited it? Yes, they could have. Could some of the writing have been fixed here and there? Yes. But it does have a nice little sense of humor to it. I didn't give you all of the things that happened in the first episode. You won't even, based on my description, you'll start watching it and go, what is the critic talking about? Where is this stuff? It's, and then it, you all of a sudden get the story. You get introduced to the world. You know, there's this whole thing about a woman who's supposed to be kidnapped yeah. and it goes wrong. So it's that kind of show. If you like these kinds of shows, you know, there's the crime syndicate feel kind of thing, but it has some style. You might even think a little, not a lot, a little of John Wick or Atomic Blonde, a little then this is your show. And I think it's perfect on Cinemax on Fridays. This might be a winner for them. Ooh, just letting you know, Giancarlo was, has got to start on Guiding Light. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also in Trading Places and Cellmate number two. So... <laughs> yes. Yes. And that let him to bug it out. Makes sense. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we know him from his from school. I mean, you know, from school days and from do the right thing. But now, mate number two, boy, I tell you. <laughs> Moving on to too old to die young. Now we've oh. seen a lot of advertisement for this. This is on Amazon, and remember, Amazon has the freedom with its you know how long an episode is. They actually are very irreverent about they don't go oh this is a 30 minute this is an hour nope it could be an hour and a half could be 78 minutes it could be 21 minutes it just all depends on what's going on here but you get 16 hours worth of too old to die young on amazon prime you have to have that about 10 10 episodes total You're still thinking about cellmate number two, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm also thinking about this show. Oh. <laughs> and what you just described as 16 hours overall for these 10 episodes. It's like 10 movies. I know. It's like 10 on movies from Nicholas Winding Refn. Now, if you're going, what is, who is Nicholas Winding Refn? Drive. Yeah. With yeah. Ryan Gosling. Remember that? I do remember that. Yeah. And that's pretty much what he's done that's good. So, let's see. I, let that, I didn't even bite. <laughs> let's see whether Too Old to Die Young, get it, mm-hmm. is an exception if it goes along with Drive. Now, the thing about Nicholas, I'll talk about him for a moment. Just as you saw from Drive, if you saw it, he likes long takes mm-hmm. with little talking. He likes color. He always has wonderful visuals, always. There's violence, of course, and there's a lot of low talking. So... The whisper talk. (laughs) And Ryan Gosling is a master at that. But he's not in the show. No. So, in Too Old to Die Young, it starts with two cops. They're just sitting out in L.A., and one of them is starting to talk about his relationships with women. They're not good. Mm-mm. So this ain't a guy you're going to like. Okay? 
So we have him, and oh, he's talking, 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 talking. And his partner is played by Miles Teller, who's the lead here. His name is Martin Jones. Uh, they pull over a woman. Can you guess how that goes? Mm. It ain't good. But all along this night, there's been this guy that's been just off in the shadows looking at them. What is he up to? Why? He's in his car looking. They don't know he's there. Well, after they finish harassing this woman, somebody dies at the hands of this man who's been watching. He's avenging his mama. Okay. And so from this, of course, Miles Teller's partner is the one who gets killed. Well, of course. Played by Lance Gross, by the way. That's who plays him. So, okay. Now, Martin, then, is he going to avenge his partner? Does he even care? His partner also has this girlfriend. He's married, by the way. He has this girlfriend who's nuts. So Martin has to deal with her. Martin has a girlfriend as well who's 17. Ooh, that is very awkward. Whom he met when she was 16. Oh. And he is 30. Hmm. So these aren't people you're going to like. Okay. And her father is played by William Baldwin. Like this. And so now what I'm saying to you, you might be going, okay, I probably get this in about 15 minutes. No. It takes you about an hour to get through what I'm talking about, people. Oh, jeez. You also see this the guy who killed the other cop, his whole story. He goes to Mexico. He has this uncle who has a colostomy bag. And Okay. So things just happen and progress very slowly. Martin is, at the end of the episode, offered a detective role. And, by the way, he and his now-deceased partner are on the take, okay? So he has a criminal connection. How is all of this gonna play out? Is he gonna be able to navigate all of these little tight ropes and stay alive? Because he just might be too old to die young. Now. <laughs> yeah, the pause, the pause. <laughs> Look. There are some moments in this show where you go, oh, okay, that could work. But Nicholas just loves to drag it out. Like, what do, you, what do I look like? I'm not watching 10 movies of this. Are you crazy? Now, who knows what happens in the future? I won't be finding out. Miles Teller does a good job with this style. Because the thing is, everybody, in this, if you're in a Nicholas Winding Refn movie or show, which really, this is a movie, what you have to be able to do is take your time with your lines mm. and you must be very comfortable with awkward pausing. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and not everyone can do that. Some people get uncomfortable. Miles does a good job. Again, Ryan Gosling though, he's not Ryan Gosling. I didn't buy him all the way, I bought him 90% of the way. So if you are interested in somebody who just has a strong opinion about how to make movies, again, this is really 10 movies, then you can check this out. If you are a Drive fan, don't expect to see Drive because in Drive, and I'll end it here, Nicholas, for some reason in that movie, the spare dialogue, the slow pace, 
it was edited so well that we got what we needed and not too much. And it always had the violence at the right moments. It was just his best expression. And I'm waiting for him to do that again. Mm. Moving on to Showtime, City on a Hill. Yes, it is there. Now Showtime's trying to show up. So did they with this? <laughs> you gave us a, a, a oracle moment there. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 and we're talking about for the Matrix now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is one of the rest favorite roles. Oh my gosh. No, there's, not, there's none better. There's, <laughs> it's what what's not written. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Okay, so we're in Boston, and it's in the 80s. We come to the 90s. That Does everybody have a Boston accent? What do you think? They do. Top of the ad. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And Kevin Bacon plays Jackie Rohr, an FBI agent, but he's an FBI agent. He's nuts. Oh, okay. Good. Okay, it's Kevin Bacon trying to have a good time. Mm-hmm. He's sleeping around on his wife. He's doing all kinds of underhanded stuff. Oh. But he has the respect of the community because of things he did in the past. And that includes criminals. Mm. Okay. Now, we have this new hotshot assistant DA played by Aldous Hodge. His name is DeCourcy Ward. Mm-hmm. He turned down a fancy job at a wonderful firm where his wife works to be an ADA. Why would he do such a thing? Oh, boy. Well, he has been a proponent before he took the job of essentially turning the Boston PD upside down and rooting out all of its bad elements. A black man (laughs) just doing this. (laughs) Okay, that's awkward. And you think that's a problem now where 20 years ago, more, Hmm. over 20 years ago? (laughs) So how, what's that tension? Well... So Jackie, played by Kevin Bacon, comes to DeCourcy, played by Aldous Hodge, to get him to let one of Jackie's CIs, criminal informants, go. He's now on trial, this informant, for killing a cop. Now, DeCourcy's like, look, I'm known as the guy who's against these cops. I'm certainly not going to do that. Jackie's like, you better or dot, dot, dot. Now, the other part of this story involves some criminals, some straight up criminals, okay? And the main criminal here is played by Jonathan Tucker. His name is Frankie Ryan. Now, Frankie has a day job. He works at a supermarket putting food out. Oh, okay. But he got kids and a wife, and that wife is like, get that money. Mm. So he robs and his, his friends armored trucks when they're making their deliveries of the money. Mm. Now, in the beginning of this first episode, we see that go down. It doesn't end well. Some more coppers are dead. Mm. And Jackie, I'm sorry, Frankie has a brother. And this brother needs help. But the kind of help the brother needs is not what he wants. He wants to be in on another one of these raids with Frankie. Now, how does all of this connect? Right? Well, we know since Frankie and his buddies killed some cops, that's going to end up in DeCourcy's lap. And Jackie and DeCourcy, by the end of the first episode, have a bond. I won't tell you how. Mm. 
They grew and up together. They went to school together. Not like that. Oh, okay. Let's say they developed one over the course of this episode. Ooh. Okay? To be clearer. And the link between all three is not just a crime, but also a person. Ooh. We know who that is. Mm. And then we'll see as this moves forward what happens of, of that. Now, look. City on the Hill, it's... Uh, it, haven't we seen this? It's like, okay, Scorsese has done this before, um, along with some other stuff. Like, uh, The Wire, maybe. You take a bit of Scorsese, you take a bit of The Wire, and that's City on a Hill, that's what they want to accomplish. But if you're going to do this, you have to do it really well for it to land. I couldn't quite discern, ref, whether all of this was supposed to be serious or not. Because Kevin Bacon stuff is obviously not serious, but I... It didn't quite land. You mean serious? You mean comedic? Or yeah, like, it, like you know how you have these characters and these mm. kinds of criminal dramas. Like, but you get it. Like, you laugh along with them. Mm. I just felt like they, the actors were trying instead of landing. And the reason is the writing just wasn't that good. Now, uh, Ben Affleck is involved in this. Matt Damon is involved in this as well. Boston, we got all of that. I just don't know whether this stands out well enough to warrant a watch for everybody, unless you are just diehard fans of this. Um, it was fine, but it's fine good enough yeah. Ah, well, let's let's see what HBO's cooking up over there. Los Espookies. <laughs> I don't. It didn't feel right coming out of my mouth, but that's what I see. Uh, it's this is a short, uh, short uh, new series. It's only about six episodes total, so it's not quite the commitment that um, you know one usually gets from HBO and it's primarily in Spanish so do tell us about this and and you know let's see if it's for everybody or for certain people right yeah and like you said it's in Spanish with English subtitles they even flip it when there's a bit of English they flip with Spanish subtitles I'd like that little touch um, so just so you know to set this up who's behind this the minds Fred Armisen yeah and Lorne Michaels. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so, okay, all right. All right. The so, title now makes sense. Right. So what happens is at the opening of the first episode, we're introduced to a quinceanera, which is a, fifth, a 15th birthday, okay? And it's very important. It's like a sweet 16. Mm -hmm. So we have a quinceanera and uh, the girl who's having her 15th birthday party has this just great, spooky, horror-filled party. How did this happen? Well, her uncle, her tío, is played by Fred Armisen. And Fred goes up to her and is like, hey, who did all of this? She said, my brother, your nephew did it. He's like, oh, well, you know, this needs to go places. So then we see the nephew. And he has a friend, uh, two friends, I should say, and together, they can craft all kinds of horror things, horror setups, almost like it's in a movie. They're that good. And they have an opportunity to help out a local priest because the local priest is being overshadowed by a young priest who has too much lip gloss on his mouth. I, like, this is <laughs> <laughs> so this priest is like, look, I need to overshadow him and get back my respect. So I want you to come in and act like there's a girl who's been possessed. 
and then I'll be able to do, you know, the exorcism, and that'll be it. I'll be back at the top. So they do just that in full exorcist, the exorcist glory. And one of them plays the girl, and, you know, she they levitate her, she spins, uh, she does the projectile vomit, all like all of that kind of stuff. Okay. So that is so successful that they decide to start a company called Gnosis Spookies. And they do get another client at the very end of the first episode. Now, what is she up to? We don't see her. We just see her fingers, things like that. Now, this kind of show, everybody, it's like this. They do all kinds of non sequiturs because, look, it's Lauren Michaels and Fred Armisen. Mm-hmm. It characters. For instance, Fred Armisen's character, he he works as a, a, a valet, essentially. He parks cars. And they, they introduce us that way by saying, even before he started walking, he was park- parking cars. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> and I think, look, it's later on Friday night. It's no more than a half an hour per episode. Like you said, only six episodes total. I had fun because it moved quickly enough where even if I wasn't laughing, I liked the energy of it. So I think this is a good pickup for HBO. And once again, Lorne Michaels, Fred Armisen, even if you don't quite get it, it's something. Yeah, it's always something from Fred. Moving on to the season premieres. Yes, Pose is back. Striking a pose on FX season two, eight episodes total. Now, again, uh, if you haven't seen signs, Pose and Billy Porter everywhere around town, I don't know if you really know what you're getting into when you watch this show. But, you know, all I have to say is, listeners look up billy porter type in billy porter plus met ball 2019 and that's all i gotta say (laughs) and you know what you're getting from the show (laughs) yeah and speaking of billy porter he plays pray tell he's really the main mc of the balls in new york now in the first season of pose we were in 1980s new york now it's 1990 Hmm. So we've gone forward a few years, and what came out in 1990? Oh, you know it. You know. Vogue, the song. Yes. So for some in the community, they're going, hey, this is our moment. In particular, Blanca, who is uh, one of the mothers of one of the houses there, and that's House Evangelista. And she's like, look, I want all my kids to capitalize. So one of her kids is, look, has the what it takes to be a model. Why not? Now, keep in mind, everybody, we are dealing with the transsexual community here. We are dealing with the gay community and so on and so forth. So that's what's going on there. Now, here's the thing. What is it going to take for her to be this model? Because they want it to be mainstream, but we know what goes on in the mainstream modeling industry. And what happens if they find out that she's a trans woman? That's one question. Also, again, it's 1990. What's starting to happen? What's starting to happen is we're dealing with HIV AIDS and we're dealing with the resistance to people who will not help the community with that disease. They are ready to act up. And this is where we get Billy Porter's character. He essentially, at first, kind of like, I don't want to be involved in this. But then 
he gets swept up into that movement. He wants everyone else to come along with him, which leads to a major schism between him and a former mother mm -hmm, who is supposedly now in House Evangelista, but who has decided to leave. Yes. So if you're thinking about that, you go, wait a minute. What's the conflict there? How does it end in this episode? I won't quite tell you what goes on there. And then we know as we move forward, each of these characters is gonna have some sort of obstacle to overcome. So the question is, is you know, with Vogue out, are they really gonna achieve something new? Are they gonna, gonna achieve their dreams? Are they gonna be accepted? Well, we kind of know. But in this show, what road are they going down? Now, with that, that's enough. Let me tell you this about post the opening of season two. <clears throat> From season one, it was spotty, but I liked it. The reason? You can tell that they are invested in this and they go for it. So even when it's not quite right, people are involved here. So that continues in the second season. And it's still got some problems with the writing, especially when they get away from the specific characters. I think when they uh, want to make their messages be heard, okay, that's good. Do it through the characters. And when they did that, when Pray Tell huh, has a moment at one of the balls, it lands. Outside of that, when it's generic, the writing just isn't as good and the acting suffers as a result. Also, certain members of the cast are better than others at acting, I'll say that. Billy Porter always comes to work, I will say that. MJ Rodriguez as Blanca does a really good job and there are others. I won't mention the ones who might need Susan Batson. Okay, <laughs> moving on to another series premiere, which you like, you really, you really did take to sci-fi's Krypton. Now remember, this is, yes, the same, the very same planet that uh, Superman comes from, his people, but it's not about Superman, which is ironic. You know, you, you think sci-fi, Superman, what? Uh, it really does dive into that community and I'm interested to hear what season two is all about. Yeah, and it is on sci-fi, so there are certain things you have to take with that. Uh, first of all, the way it looks, it's sometimes suspect. We just have to say it. It looks budget. Like I mean, it might not have the, the kind of budget that, say, CW or, you know, a uh, cable network uh, would have certain cable networks. Yeah, you know, it sometimes it looks like something from the early 2000s. Let's mm -hmm. just say it that way. Um, and is the writing always good? No, but here's the thing. When it comes to Krypton, if you like the mythology behind Batman, if you want to, I'm sorry, Superman, you want to see that stuff, then why not if you can tolerate it, especially if you watch sci-fi anyway. So in season two, the aftermath of season one, we had to deal with, uh-oh, the ultra villain, Brainiac. Yeah. And Brainiac was swept away with Superman's grandfather or father. <laughs> Superman's uh, parental something. Yeah. Swept away. Grandfather, yeah. So grandfather. Swept away with him into the Phantom Zone. Okay. So the people on Krypton think that, uh, you know, Segel, Superman's grandfather, is gone. And there's this resistance on the ground because General Zod has made an appearance. Oh. And we know who General Zod's parents are. I'm just going to tell you right here. Please. One of General Zod's parents is, wait for it, 
Superman's grandfather. Oh, is that in the comics? I don't think so. Oh, that's But I don't know. I don't know them well enough to tell you. So they're, they're kin. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Now, General Zod is full-on General Zod. <clears throat> He's at the very beginning telling people to kneel and everything else. You get the complete Terrence stamp send-up. <laughs> <laughs> not the Michael Shield. <laughs> no. Okay. Not Michael Shannon. Yeah. Terrence stamp send-up. So I enjoyed seeing that. And so there's this resistance that he wants to stamp out. His mother is now on his side. But what happened, everybody, is he traveled back in time to this time to prevent what he knows is going to happen. So he's actually older than his mama at the moment. Okay. Mm. Yes. Now, this resistance is, uh, a part of it is some of Superman's family. Hmm. So what's going on with that? And some dude that came from Earth to warn them about what happens because something has happened to Earth via Brainiac. Hmm. So in this first episode, they're setting all the characters. I'm not going through all of them. And then at the end, do you think that Segel, Superman's grandfather, stays in the Phantom Zone? No, of course not. We have to get Superman somehow. Do you think Brainiac stays there with him? No! Who's left standing at the end? Who's a new villain that appears? And how will all of this end up back on Krypton. Now, I started by giving you the layout of this show, of Krypton. Again, it's basically what I said. It's fun when they keep it moving. They have lulls. Uh, This is the kind of show where I know, okay, I'm watching it for now. I don't know how long it's going to continue. But again, if you are this kind of uh, person, where you like this kind of show, you like this kind of mythology, I say check it out don't have high expectations, and maybe you'll enjoy bits and pieces of it. You know what, this is interesting. It really does sound like it it belongs on sci-fi, meaning it really dives into that mythology. And if you really aren't keen to that, then you may not know if a villain shows up who they are unless you're like into that world. So Mm -hmm. Superman fans, I suggest you check it out just so you can see, you know, what is in the comics and what's being made up. Now, moving on to baskets. Put the lotion in the basket. Uh, Season four. How in the world did we get here? I mean, I remember when season one came out and nobody knew what was going on. Like, it was just fascinating. You were absolutely engulfed into this world, but you didn't quite know what the world (laughs) is. But FX has stayed faithful to baskets. And we have Louis Anderson playing Ma. What's she up to now? Now, last time we checked in, last season, she was starting to date around a little bit, you know, starting to feel herself. (laughs) How are the twins? I have no idea what this show is doing. Which set of twins, right? I mean, look. I have no idea. It's such a, it's a very trippy show. It is. And you know what? Is it even a comedy anymore? (laughs) Where are we now? In this fourth season, Mama Baskets, yes, played by Louis Anderson, just played by Louis Anderson, folks. <laughs> in a dress, that's it. No. Yeah, Louis Anderson with some makeup and a dress. I, look, and and like some sort of pre- they did put a you know pressed his hair. So we have Louis Anderson talk about Mama feeling herself. She is now about to get married. Oh, okay. And her beau is moving in. They moved to a new house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With chip baskets. <laughs> He's living with. <laughs> 
one of the twins, the one who's a clean or wants to be a French clean. <laughs> so his his twin brother Dale, also played by Zach Galifianakis, he has left the family rodeo. They bought a rodeo last season. He's gone. He's out of it. So Chip is there at the meetings, and he, of course, wants to do some clown stuff. The other people at the meeting are like, um, you know what we're going to do? The stuff that makes money <laughs> instead. <laughs> so Chip is not feeling well, but he gets a call from his ex-wife. Mm. Now, this ex-wife is French, but they had an arrangement to get married. This isn't out of love. This was because he wanted love, in her words, as she needed, essentially, a green card. Okay. Oh, poor Chip. But she comes back to the States. He offers to drive her around. What happens with that? Do you think that goes well? He has to rent a car. And at, when he's renting the car, the, 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 the woman working there tells him, look, you need insurance. Because if you get into an accident, you could just walk away. So what do you think happens? <laughs> oh, oh, poor Jim. Okay, yeah. So at the end, of course, his heart is broken again. And the question is, where are we moving forward? Mama's moving forward. Chip, huh? And then we'll have to see what happens after this episode. So this is still what Baskets has become, Ref. It's not early Baskets. <laughs> We're now in, what, middle Baskets? <laughs> Which is, it's a lot of drama going on. And I think the reason that they get away with it is that it's not only weird and strange, it's that they really do have an excellent cast. I mean, these people know what they're doing, and I'm just willing to go along with them to see what the point is at some moment. Do we get the point in episode one, season four? No, but if you made it this far, you know you're going to keep going. Yeah. Well, talking about keep keeping the going going, <laughs> TV land, yes, it's there. Now, I know there was some switching back and forth trying to get uh, younger on a different, uh, on the Paramount Network, but TV Land has kept younger in its sixth season. Now, holy crap. You and I both follow this show. I have not watched the series premiere yet, or excuse me, season premiere, uh, but you have, and I can't wait. This is the quintessential summer TV. If there is ever summer TV, younger, always knocks it out of the park it just feels right but the question is after last season a certain couple finally gets together but it ended very strangely they they were holding hands and kind of looking off in the distance like did we just make the mistake of our lives because one of them has sacrificed everything yeah mm -hmm. so we have liza and we have charles yeah they're still together ref and yes, Charles gave up his company. It, Left. Yeah, yeah. So that there wouldn't be some sort of Me Too moment between he and Liza played by Sutton Foster. But the thing is, this man's in his late 40s, according to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The like, come shade. on. What would they said that? I was like, come on, y'all. Like, the he's not shade. far from late 40s, but he's not late 40s. Anyway. So, and, and look. Hats off to the dude. Great. Now, is he in his late 40s going to do nothing? I mean, he's wealthy, but he, you know, he's a man who works. Yeah. He's not 60. So that's the question in episode one, because back at Millennial, where Liza still works, where we still have uh, Kelsey. And remember, Kelsey is now in charge. Yeah. 
also they have an investor who's also a writer. Now, what's going on with her? Because that's going to come up in the season as we move forward. So in this episode, the whole thing is Liza's finally about to let everyone know, it's, hey, I'm like 40, but who knows? She's probably 50 by now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only like two people who don't know. It's her boss and like one other person. Jeez. And the boss learns about she and Charles. How does that go uh, down? Her old flame or what she thought was a flame. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, what about her age? Well, that has to take a back burner because of certain things. And Liza's like, look, please, I was ready to do this. Let's get it done. Kelsey is has to learn how to now be the editor. This is no longer her being able to read her favorite books and make recommendations. What's that like? Zane, her ex, who also left the company, what's he up to? Oh, boy. He's always up to something. It involves Charles. We find out at the end. The question is, Rap, where's Liza going to fall? Is she a millennial girl or is she a Charles girl? Mm. So younger, hey, the ref said it. It's the summer. Darren Starr knows how to do this in his sleep. Okay? The cast is great. We talked about this ad nauseum, Rap. It is a wonderful show. It still is in its sixth season. I'm still invested in it. I'm still interested in it. And by the way, we do have Nico Tortorella, who's playing Josh. You know, the guy with the tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Somebody comes back into his life or some bodies. Right. Yeah, we remember seeing that. And the question is, what's going on with that and Liza, too? And Debbie Mazar, don't forget about her. So just, again, bravo to this show. We are still watching. It seems like Younger should be on Bravo. Moving on. I don't know why. Uh, Big Little Lies. Yes, it is back. We both got a chance to see the first episode. You may have already seen the second because we're we're a time difference. I'm not sure. But HBO has brought Big Little Lies back for season two, even though in the book there are certain things that have not happened that are happening. (laughs) <laughs> and it, w- the, the biggest draw this season isn't the fact that they returned the entire cast, even somebody who bit the dust. He's showing up all over the place. Mm. But there's a special edition, and I will quote the critic who texts me, this edition has the right amount of nasty. Meryl <laughs> <laughs> Streep. Look. Are you going to talk about the second episode? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, good. We can both talk. Yeah, so we'll talk. Look. It's been a while since this has been on, Ref. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, you know, I've really liked it. But do I need another season? I don't know. Like, I, you know, are talking about a lot of people are asking that. You know, you. I love these people. I loved what they did. But you know, memory it faded. It's kind of like, mm, you know. Then I watched the first episode of season two. I was like, oh no, 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 no. This is what I need to be watching right now with younger in the summer. This is it. Because the thing is, everyone, it it is surfacey on purpose. But there's a lot of nasty underneath. And when you get Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Alexander Skarsgård, Adam Scott, Zoe Kravitz, James Tupper, Jeffrey Norling, Laura Dern, Catherine Newton, and others, Ian Armitage, 
Young Sheldon, you get Meryl Streep. <laughs> then they make this work. Now we're back in Monterey, California. You know somebody's dead, mm-hmm. and you know who did it. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon's character, Madeline, she's her bubbly self. <laughs> Whatever. Seeming like nothing affected. <laughs> Whatever. Her husband is getting propositioned in supermarkets. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and at the cafe by her ex husband. <laughs> that's what I'm going. Not in that way, but. Yeah, so her ex-husband, played by James Tupper Nathan, he's having problems with his wife, who's played by Zoe Kravitz, Bonnie. Yeah, and we know why. He doesn't. So he reaches out to Ed, played by Adam Scott, who's married to Reese Witherspoon. Okay. That means he's married to the man's ex-wife. He wants Ed to help him figure out how to deal with his current wife. And Ed is like, Essentially, why are you coming to me? What is wrong with you? So they can get into a fight. Then we also have Shailene Woodley playing Jane. She now has a new job. And there's somebody on the job who's not quite right. An employee. What's up with him? They even meet on the beach and have a strange little exchange. We see also Bonnie. Again, Zoe Kravitz's character. She's not doing well. No, she's not. But it may not be for the reason you think. Mm. Bonnie wanted to tell the truth. Yeah. And she feels that our opportunity has been stolen by the rest of these ladies. Now, Who these, are not her friends, really. They are not her, really. Not at all. Now, we also have Laura Dern's character, Renata, a rich woman, who has a daughter with a 160 IQ teacher. <laughs> And what happened last season, by the way, teacher, will not happen again. She you see will that not teacher's be bullied. And they had to cast him, though. <laughs> it was beautiful. I loved it. Loved it. And then uh, let's go right to Meryl and to Nicole. Oh, my gosh. Nicole playing Celeste. Hubby's dead, played by Alexander Skarsgård. His mother, played by Meryl Streep, comes in to help her with the kids and take care of things. And this mother doesn't understand why her son is gone. She doesn't understand. She doesn't know why Celeste is behaving the way she's behaving. She sees Reese Witherspoon and goes, you're short. I don't like short people. <laughs> she wants everybody to be in grief. She lets us know oh my in a God. primal yow that I, I mean, I had to pause and I was laughing so hard. I mean, this is what you hire Mel, Mel Street for. And this is not scenery chewing work. This is, I have my glasses and my wig and my teeth. <laughs> and I'm gonna act through all of that with my eyes. And I will pick my moments to let the nasty out. But I'm really being nice. She and Reese were the spoon together. I mean, Reese is looking at her like, what? <laughs> Are you insulting me? <laughs> me? And me? And this is why everybody, if you haven't seen the first season, Oh, you have to watch that first. You gotta watch it. Come right on in to season two in the first episode. This is entertainment that, again, yeah, it's surfacy, but there is so much going on underneath this. 
are are these rich people problems? Yes, but they're rich people problems. And I thank them. I just hope that we continue this in the season. Ref, what, what do you think about anything I just said? Oh gosh, you know what? That's this is right up your alley. I do have to say, for season two, it's good to see and have everyone back. Um, the first episode wasn't as urgent. Mm-hmm. Now, because we just left off with a big, huge ending. I, I don't think in television, I mean, I mean, they ended right there. And then, you know, maybe like two or three minutes worth of other stuff. But a huge, huge uh, situation happened in season one, a murder, we'll say, or, de- or self-defense. Or I, I'm not sure how you want to look at that. But it sort of returned and nobody was affected. No one except for Bonnie and Meryl. So I really wanted us to come back to that. The the ladies are still kind of at odds with each other, even though they survived something very specific. And the writing was a little challenging. Like Bonnie said, I killed someone like three times. And we're like, okay, we all get it. It was a lot of review. Um, For the most part, I was glad to see everyone, but I can't wait until it gets started. I'll just have to say, like, really, really get going. And we'll see tonight as of taping uh, what season or what what episode two does. But when the critic says there's some nasty going on, there are real just situations where you think, oh, I don't think I'll be moving to that community. (laughs) So there you have it. TV is not letting up. Summer TV's here. Summer TV's here! Mm. And you can definitely partake. We encourage you to do so. And if you ever need any help, just come visit us at whywatchthat.com or join us on the episode every Tuesday or ish day. (laughs) And we'll keep you in the know. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.